this is the podcast Going Beyond Salvation, and I'm your host, Justin Robinson. And this is the Psalms and Proverbs portion of the podcast today, and uh, just you know, going over it. Uh, we're going to start with Psalms and just kind of jump right in right away. You know, we get into Psalm 73, you know, we finished reading that in our daily reading, and Psalm 73, you know, it, it it deals with a disturbing problem, which, you know, we've talked about in past podcasts as well. You know, God, you know, is sovereign and just, but it seems like the wicked often pros- prosper, you know, while those who serve God seem to suffer more. You know, some people think that as well, that in order to be in God's good graces that, you know, you have to suffer. And, you know, suffering in among the righteous, you know, like I've said, is, yes, in, in some countries, you know, some Christians, you know, if they become a Christian, it's a time of persecution, time of hiding, they lose their jobs, and they can even lose their lives. But then you have some who, you know, that Awesome, you know, there's not persecution, but dealing with health and, and all of that. But that doesn't always happen. You know, it's, we still live in a fallen world and we live in a world where there's opposition to Christianity as well. And, but the thing about it is, is yeah, sometimes it does feel like the wicked is prospering, especially in this time when we kind of think about it, we feel like that the wicked is prospering. But, and we see in this psalm, the psalmist, which is attributed to Asaph, you know, the psalmist is serving God faithfully, but has become discouraged when he compares his afflictions with the apparent ease and happiness of many of the wicked. And and we can get that way too, especially when we're dealing with times of discouragement, when when things are not going as well and we see other people who are not following the Lord and it just seems like they're prospering and, and we're sitting here comparing our lives. And that's just something that's really hard to do, not to do. Sometimes we do compare. We live in a society where you compare yourself based on, you know, well, you know, I'm not as rich as Bill Gates or or something like that. Many people you know, get into this comparison lifestyle and it's hard. And especially women, you know, comparing looks because, you know, we live in such a society where these models and actresses are just flaunted as perfect and, you know, and perfect, I'm doing quotations, you know, and I work for a newspaper business where we use Photoshop. It's like, do you realize how many of those women are actually Photoshopped? And they don't actually look like they do on the cover, but it's, that's how it is. It's a comparison society, but we start to compare our lives to those who, of the wicked. But what we do notice here in Psalm, in this Psalm is that the psalmist's confidence in God and his ways is restored when God reveals the tragic end of the wicked and the true blessing of the righteous, which is true. You know, those who continue to be unrepentant and living in their their ways that are not of God, 
they're living in sin, their end is tragic and, and it's sad, but that's just how it is, you know, and where the righteous, you know, and I think about it too, is we have to look at things kingdom minded, not comparing our lives to, to what's happening to other people, but having our mind, you know, focused on the kingdom, focused on eternity and our, our eyes focused on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith, especially when we're feeling discouragement. And it's hard to do because you, you want to just sit there and, and, and mope and, and wallow around in, in your sorrows. But sometimes we have, you know, the Lord wants us to come to him during those times and put our focus on him. And he's going to be restoring our faith and our, our peace and, and, and hope during that time. So that was essentially 73. Then we get into 74. That's an, another Psalm that's attributed to Asaph. And Essentially, this psalmist is praying that God's chastisement may not be forever. You know, we, we see in this prayer, it's, it's a warning to us that God's patience will not tolerate sin indefinitely. Eventually, sorrow and calamity will come. And that's the thing about it. There's, there are some people out there that are believers that say, you know, we're saved by grace and we can go do whatever we want and we can just ask for forgiveness and and we're still going to go to heaven. We're saved by grace. And, and they live lives that it makes you even wonder if they're even a Christian, even if they believe in Christ, you know, and... We can't live that way. And I understand people are not perfect, you know, and, but that's how the Lord is, is even though we're not perfect and, and when we do sin and we come back to him with a repentant heart, he does forgive. But if we're continuing on and on and on and not being repentant and just being arrogant, you know, especially as we see like in the Old Testament with with Israel and in the book of first and second Kings, where they're just blatantly sinning. And we're going to see with some of the prophets, their whole attitude was, this is our promised land. This was promised to us by God. And they had forgotten that this was con conditional, that they worship him and obey him and not go and do whatever they want. And, and so they continued to sin and do whatever they wanted and not follow the Lord. And we'll, we're going to see they're, they're, you know, Judah's taken away by Babylon and Israel, the, the northern kingdom, you know, they're, they're taken by the Assyrians and scattered. And so we see that with Psalm 74 that it's a warning you know we just can't you know use this as fire insurance you know our salvation is not just fire insurance this is a relationship and 
our lives are, are going to change, you know? And so, and our lives need to change. Our lives need to reflect that Jesus has come and changed our lives forever and not continue to live in the old ways. Then we get into Psalm 75 and there's a, a verse in there saying, in the hand of the Lord is a cup. And that's in verse 8. And I just want to share that this is a picture of God giving the wicked an intoxicating drink and is used in scripture as a symbol of his wrath and punishment. And and it just reminds us that it's, you know, and it, we see it in the psalm that God is the one who judges. He's the ultimate just justice. You know, in, in today's society, we want to be judge and jury when God tells us, you know, no, I'm, I'm judge and jury. And a lot of times we need to just hand things over to God, even when it seems hard because you're dealing with somebody who, who has hurt you. And I, you know, it's been something on my heart lately too, because you know, I've dealt with betrayal before, especially in regards to family that, um, and it's hard, but, you know, as I was talking with somebody, they said, you know, it's the enemy's assignment over that person and they've just not given their life to the Lord. And they think they're justified by what they're doing because the world says it's okay. And they're living by the lies of the enemy. And so it's, you know, giving them over to the Lord and saying, you know, praying that, that they would realize the truth and be saved. You know, and my heart goes out to people like that, that they, that they would actually be saved and be in heaven one day and not in internal punishment, but they're in God's hands and it's learning to surrender them to God because he is the ultimate judge. And I know it's hard because there are times, you know, at working as a legal assistant and then also as a newspaper reporter watching the courts, a lot of times justice doesn't seem to be done. And it gets really hard for like a victim or their family feeling like justice has not been met. And you know, as a newspaper reporter, I just want to sit there and tell them, you know, just give it to God, give it to God. And it's hard, you know, it's really, really hard to see people living that way. And, but, you know, that person, if they're not repentant of their life, the, the offender, then they'll have to face God in the end. And so he's the ultimate judge. Then finally, you know, the last psalm that we looked at was Psalm 76. And in Psalm 76, we see in, in verse 10, it says, brings you praise. It's talking about giving God praise. And it's like, how could his wrath bring praise? Because it just 
And that's what a lot of people wonder. Why could God's wrath bring praise? And and you got to think about it in the con- context that, you know, God's wrath expressed in judgment against oppressors of his people brings him praise from those who have been delivered. You know, the wrath of the wicked can provide the occasion for God to rescue his own and to accomplish great things on their behalf. For example, back in Exodus, you know, Pharaoh's wrath against Israel became God's opportunity to demonstrate his miraculous power in delivering them from Egypt. Pharaoh's heart was already he decided he was not going to be repentant. God still gave him the opportunity to repent, to turn away from his wrath. And, but Pharaoh and his pride got in the way. And so it opened up that, that ability for God to use signs and wonders and all these miracles and, and, plagues to show his miraculous power and it brought praise to you know the the Israelites look to him going wow so that's essentially it with Psalm with Psalm 76 that I wanted to point out we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump into Proverbs. Going into Proverbs, we're finishing up chapter 15 and, and talking about uh, several verses in chapter 16. And I'm just highlighting a few verses because as we kind of go along with Proverbs, some of it we've already talked about in past pro- um, podcasts and I just kind of go and as the Lord leads me, he kind of points out certain Proverbs to kind of just highlight for the podcast. And one of the things um, in, in chapter 15 in verse 29, it says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Does that mean God is not all around? God is still all around, but he is far from the wicked because when you sin, it separates you from God. There's this chasm. Yeah. And, and a lot of people like to use the, when they're doing a, you know, leading someone to Christ that sometimes they do this illustration and there's this huge, like these two cliffs and there's this cavern that's separating them and God's on one side and you you know, you're on the other and that the cross is essentially a bridge, which as true, sin separates us from God. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that cross has given us a bridge to come into his presence. And when you have a relationship with the Lord and you're reading your word and you're taking time to pray, he hears the prayer of the righteous. But if there is sin in your life, that separates you from God. And and so, you know, that's a huge part with prayer is to, you know, when you get into prayer time, I like to take a time and, you know, in worship. And it's usually sometimes in that worship, when I'm worshiping God, that things will come up that 
you know, I need, you know, that the Lord will highlight to me or even in my reading that he will highlight to me that you need to repent and he will convict me of things and I will ask for forgiveness before I even go and start asking for anything. And, and that's just the thing about it is having that clean heart before God. And he hears the prayer of those who, you know, are washed in the blood of Jesus. He hears our requests and he's there, you know, his presence is there sometimes and there's beliefs out there that people say, oh, he's so far off. You know, we can't get in touch with him. He's right here, you know. And so that was a verse that was laid on my heart. And then verse 30, it, it really, it says, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. You know, if you've ever been in such a negative atmosphere... If you've been in such a negative place, like, you just feel it. Like, even in my own life, like, if I go in a place and there's such negativity, such sadness, so it feels oppressive. Like, it's just this weight and that I feel. And, and then when I get away and I'm listening, you know, for example, you know, when I get in my car and I'm, I tend to just turn on worship music all the time now when I, even when I'm driving and, you know, there's such joy in the worship music. It's lifting God up and I'm just sitting there singing along, praising him, worshiping him. And it's just like, I'm more cheerful and I have more joy to my heart and I just feel happy, revitalized, just listening to that. And so you know, really watch who you hang out with. You know, if it, if you're hanging around a negative person, sometimes you've got to walk away from that person, you know, and, and pray for them, pray for them that, you know, the joy of the Lord will come in their life and, and all of that. And even if at, at work, you know, my husband, he worked, he worked for Walmart and it was always praying for him before he went in and praying for him when he came home because there was such an oppression, a negative, oppressive spirit in Walmart. And it's sad. Most people are like, there's nothing wrong with Walmart. And it's like, spiritually there is. There is this negative, oppressive spirit with that company <laughs> and just the things that, that they throw out. And I just sat there and I was praying for my husband all the time when he was, and we were having to pray because they, he just said it was just always negative. Like the employees could never do right. And that it was just so oppressive. And then he went to his new job that he has now. And like, yeah, there's, there's days that it's hard, but he said most of the, he's like, it's better than where I was at because he's like, at least I have people that are about lifting us up, giving us joy, 
and he feels a lot healthier too, you know, since leaving Walmart. So anyway, and that's just something that we need to really focus on is, is having the joy of the Lord in our homes, bringing it into our homes, bringing it into our workplaces, even in your cars, you know, it's, it's good for our health, you know? Then uh, there's verses 31 through 33. It says, He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. You know, a part of humility is learning, and we've talked about this a little bit in past podcasts, is learning to take correction and there's a way to give correction too and you know it's just like you learn in school when you're you know critiquing somebody's paper you're not supposed to be so down on the person to where they don't want to write you just say you know no you need to I think your sentence will be stronger doing this or you need to be doing this with this sentence because it's, you know, grammatically wrong. There's a way to give discipline and rebuke. And, and somebody who needs that correction also needs to receive it. It's a part of humility and being teachable. And, and that's where you gain wisdom, too, is learning to take correction and, and be steered in the right direction. And and fear of the Lord, you know, is is his is not being scared of him. It's revering him and and honoring him. You know, and humility comes before honor. You know, we come in a society today where you have to be the top of the class, the top of all. You know, this company and you know. I tell people that I've been, you know, telling students, be humble. Be humble first. Be humble where you're at. And if God is going to put you in that place of power, it's you don't have to strive for it. You know, you work on you know, onto your job, on your school as if you're working onto the Lord and the Lord will put you in those different positions. He'll give you the different honors. It'll happen that way. And so that is essentially it with with chapter 15. Then we jump into chapter 16. And I'm going to talk about the first seven verses. It says to, to man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. All man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are waived by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the, the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord... 
he he makes even his enemies live at peace with him you know our ways you know our our lives are are governed by the lord you know and when we get to that first verse you know you know plans come from the heart but from the lord comes the reply of the tongue and when you have the lord the spirit of the lord living within you and christ is living in in you what is coming from your mouth is coming from the heart and if you're surrendered to letting god control your heart what you are going to say is going to be dictated by the holy spirit and our ways need to be surrendered to god you know and we may seem like our our ways may seem innocent but the lord looks at our motives what is inside why are we doing this and that we need to commit our lives commit our plans you know there's nothing wrong with with saying okay today i need to get you know my house cleaning done or tomorrow i need to go pay bills there's nothing wrong with that because some people go oh just don't plan your life don't make goals you can make a goal you know especially if it's a you know, you can make a goal saying, you know, I want to read this many books this year or whatever. You can make goals in your lives. There's nothing wrong with that. But still commit those goals to God. You know, especially if, you know, they're weight loss goals, getting healthy. Commit those to the Lord. You know, the Lord wants us to to live healthy lives. He wants us to exercise. He wants us to, you know, make goals for our lives that, you know, especially a goal of getting out of debt. Commit that to the Lord. Say, God, I and I did that in my life. We had a car loan and I just felt the Lord put on my heart to get out of debt with that car. You know, we were making extra money. And I just said to my husband, I said, I feel like the Lord wants me to start putting more payments down, like a bigger minimum payment down on the car. And he said, that's fine. You know, do what, whatever. And so I said, Lord, I just feel like this is from you. I commit it to you that, and I trust that you're going to provide. And Every month there was like all this extra money and I was putting it down and I was getting ahead of my payments on my car and all of a sudden this big, um, we, we got blessed financially and we made the decision, you know, and when you get blessed financially, like you're like, oh, I want to go do this. I want to go buy this. But me and my husband were like, you know, the Lord provided and there is more than enough to pay off this loan. And we paid off the loan and, and we're debt free. So commit your ways to the Lord, even commit your life, your plans, where you're going to live, where you're going to go to school, commit your ways to the Lord and, and let him guide and direct you in what he wants you to do, you know, because when it's committed to the Lord, you know, it's in his hands and it's you trusting him to, to guide and direct you in that goal, in that plan, whatever it may be. 
And, and I love how it says the Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord works things for his glory. And if we're, you're going through a hard time, just commit whatever is going on to the Lord. Trust him that he is going to come through to be glorified and glorify him when that does happen. Give him the glory and praise. Give him the honor in front of those people. Use it as a testimony of what God has done in your life. And it does talk about he, he detests all the proud of heart. And he detests the wicked. But to know that they are, they will not go unpunished. But if they do repent, they do turn from their ways. They're, they're set free. And I just love it. it says through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for through the fear of the Lord. A man avoids evil, you know, when, you know, and especially as you continue in your relationship with the Lord, when you see evil come up, when you see things that you shouldn't be watching or reading, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you to, to leave. And there's actually been times where we've gone places and we have felt the Holy Spirit telling us, don't be here and we leave. You know, we're very sensitive to that. I just love finally in verse 7, it says, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Living at peace with the Lord, you know, when you're in this relationship with him, there are going to be times and, and yes, you're going to have people that aren't going to agree with you. They're not going to like you, but the Lord's going to work out in a way, especially if you're walking in humility and love, God's going to work out a way to even make those enemies of yours go, hmm. You know, and start really thinking. And so that was essentially it for, for, for Proverbs and, uh, for today. And so for next week's reading, we're going to, we'll be discussing Psalm 77. So read all of Psalm 77. We're going to read Psalm 78 verses 1 through 39. It's a very long psalm. That won't be the end of it. We won't talk about Psalm 78. So it'll probably become a short section on Psalms. Just because of the the reading. How it laid out and broke out into. For Proverbs, we're going to go finish off Proverbs 16. So starting on verse 13 and ending on verse 40 or not verse 40, verse 33. And then, um, and so that's essentially it. So stay tuned and we will be doing the podcast for that finishes off the book of John and going into the book of Acts. Mm-hmm.